0: This is the Bushwick Variety Show, and I'm Alex Stevens III. Greetings, neighbors, friends, conscious beings of all various types. Thank you so much for listening to the Bushwick Variety Show. This is episode number seven. I want to thank you very much for everybody that's been listening anybody who's listening right now also thank you very much but thank you everybody who's been listening and giving any positive feedback any feedback of any type so far i really appreciate it it means the world to me this is episode seven and in this episode i talked to ohenny cornelius an actor rapper visionary and we talked about all kinds of things we talked about race in america we talked about rapping we talked about music we talked about acting well we talked about a lot of things we talked about a lot of things it was a great engaging conversation so i'm not gonna sit here and talk about all the things we talked about because we talked about them, and you're gonna hear them, and it was fun and i think you'll enjoy it and yeah you've seen him in kick-ass if you've seen Kick-Ass, if you know my sphere if you know chris carr if you know brooklyn wildlife or new fame you've seen him doing this music thing or if you've seen him maybe performing somewhere around the world or in one of his various projects it's cool dude i really enjoyed talking to him so i'm gonna stop talking about what we talked about now and let you hear what we talked about let's have a conversation Welcome. Was that too much talking about it? Never mind. All right, man, let's get into it. Yeah. How you doing?
1: I'm good, I'm good. This this podcast has been brought to you by Sweet Action.
0: Yeah, Be- six Point.
1: Beer is culture. It's, it's, it's someone's culture. They drink a lot of beer in Asia. They love beer out there.
0: Yeah it's a it's a thing so Oh Henny uh, Cornelius yeah is that the full
1: yeah that's my that's yeah. the name that's I go the over. handle um, yeah there's a there's, there's like a couple of Oh out there too so I was surprised as, as I got older to see that there were other people so there's a Oheni in Philly that was pretty popular for a second um,
0: also an MC or
1: yeah no he's a producer okay and then there's like a famous like Oh Ba In Africa, uh, which is wild. And then my namesake comes from, like, the chief in uh, the Ashanti tribe. So, Ohene, you know, so.
0: Where's the Ashanti tribe? Ghana. Ghana, okay. Yeah, you know. Yeah.
1: Shout-outs to Ghana. Shout-outs to Ghana.
0: All my Ghanaians. You feel me? So, is that where (laughs) your uh, family is from? No, not at all. Oh, not at all.
1: Yeah. Uh, My family is American. Mm -hmm. Uh, In, in like, the 70s and 80s, they were, like, you know, the big back to Africa movements yep. here in America. So my father was like he used to hang out with like Muhammad Ali and a lot of the Islamic
0: uh leaders. You know, yeah, the yeah.
1: Islamic leaders and just black Muslims in yeah. in America. So they used to take like different trips to different places and uh Ghana was one of them. And my father got the blessing of the chief, you know I mean?
0: Did your father convert to Islam?
1: Uh he's not he's I don't want to say non-denominational, but he right. like he had me go to like the synagogue, the the Baptist church. Uh, he was just one who, a person who was just I feel like spiritual, just on the searching and quest for God. I can and, relate to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's just uh, you know find find him as you, as you may. Yeah, he never tried to press upon me that there was this one idea of one God. And that, you know, we had to fear him at all of a sudden. You know, it's just uh, the idea that God does exist and there's something bigger and you're here for a reason and you have to determine that reason.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you're here. Yeah. Um, I know you as an MC. I know you're also yeah. an actor. Yeah. Comedian. Yeah. Uh, am I missing some other things? I'm no, not-
1: No. I, I just call myself a visionary. I don't think there's a, a difference mm-hmm. in a lot of this stuff. that, But it's like everyone has this this you know compartmentalism yeah com- you know this this conglomerate sold idea on how you have to be as an artist you know because uh at some point there was like you know there's a record industry and you have to we want to make you a famous record star and so people are like i have to be a famous record star so i have to practice this one thing and it's just like you know people have been multi-talented for years and this forever before- yeah yeah for forever and uh Shakespeare had to be dope at like both writing bars and uh writing stories, you know, and writing and, and acting too. And, and acting cuz he had to yo, this is how I wanted to done or yeah. at least directing or something like yeah. that. Uh so I just think about uh, this has been brought to you by <laughs> <laughs> I just I just think about uh, that as my inspiration Sammy Davis Jr. uh even now Childish Gambino uh Bette Midler, you have so many people who are like quadruple threats. And I just, I I like to be fluid with entertainment.
0: Just Sammy is an interesting one, too, because a lot of people have an image of him. Like, I think a lot of people don't really know who he was. And even back then, um, he was one of the leaders of standing up like for civil rights like at a time like before like not like so much marching um he did march too but like he was doing these vegas you know shows where it was like still very segregated and at a certain point he's like no if you want me to perform here you're putting me up here and you're gonna like treat my audience a certain way too like wow
1: I did, I did know that. I did lying, know. So, you know. Yeah, I know I knew he was in I knew he was in with the Fix and you know he was in with the Fix which is cool and it, it's good to know that uh someone who's on that side of the Fix is uh is is also a a black nationalist or or uh just someone who wants to see who wants to make the most. Like that's what I really think about like racism is mainly dumb because you can't make the most money you start to marginalize your audience and yeah it's just it's just if we're gonna be in this capitalist society and we're gonna be in a place where money is king and stuff like that why are you gonna you gonna hate half your audience you're gonna you're gonna that that's, that's just, yeah. we were
0: talking about uh, Black Panther earlier, and that's yeah. one of the things I was most happy with that um one the success that that movie's had with the yeah you know, pretty much all black cast, black creative team. Um, well, they knew
1: that. They, knew that. they yeah. knew that. I think it's, you know, the ploy was they promoted it for a year. Yeah. They got, like, a lot of the poppin' now actors. And yeah. uh, then, it, like, it's in the Marvel Universe. So mm-hmm. all the, the black geeks are going to go, all the, the black people. And then the curiosity of other people who are just into the Marvel world they're gonna go see it, so it's like that's a that's a setup for a win, and I'm I'm very thankful. Hopefully, that'll that allow other doors for other uh, uh, movies to open up, and also just Black Panther two to be something just as huge, you know? Yeah, yeah.
0: And also because Gods of Egypt, on the flip side, tanked. Did it? So you're yeah, like yeah. you're seeing like the whitewashing that's, starting to. That was
1: uh, with uh, Billy Zane, right? Was that Billy Zane at the lead?
0: N- uh, no, it was. Um... It was the guy from uh, Game the of movie? Thrones. Um, Game of Thrones. Yeah, I've never watched Game of Thrones oh, in my life. Oh yeah. man, Game of I, Thrones.
1: I'm just not. I'm not interested. It's gotcha. like d- it looks like Hogwarts, it's, the adult version, and I'm just like, <sighs>
0: um, it's kind of. <laughs> politics though oh yeah it's uh you have money you have class you have uh religions yeah you have cultures
1: it looks like the grown-up never ended story when i look at it i'm it's, just like I, I feel like a flying dog is gonna come by at any moment and, Horatio. i'm just i don't know I'm just it's not
0: it's rougher yeah it's a lot rougher
1: people be killing each other and shit like yeah that. i definitely don't want to see that i don't want to see midgets killing other. Each- i don't know it's just wild when i when i when i look at it I see the trailers. I'm just like, everyone's going crazy. Like, Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones. I'm, like, eh. I'm, I'm over here still trying to catch reruns of Empire of like the first two seasons because I, I still like that. I
0: couldn't get through. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't get through. It's so Empire. bad. It's good, man.
1: <laughs> it's so bad. It's good. Uh, they, they're going to be mad that I said it's bad. But it is bad. But it's good.
0: Yeah. And I mean, again, I support it on the one hand. But on the other yeah. hand, yeah, I couldn't get through. No.
1: I, I, And that's another thing. If you support, like, me... I'm I'm somewhere in between right now. I'm not trying to. I don't. I think there's a space for black mediocrity, mm-hmm. because that that has been the allotment in entertainment f, for thus far that we can't. the the critique The critical eye is so high. You either have to be an Oscar winning actor or it's just bullshit. You know. But I think there's a, a place for black mediocrity where you're making films that are just entertaining. Yeah. And people just get to come in and watch it and be just human and just watch a human experience. And it's not necessarily like an a Oscar-winning film.
0: Mm-hmm. It's uh, I got into a de- it. was a Facebook debate recently. but it was, I love those. Was it on Chris's page? No, okay. it wasn't, but I've, I've definitely gotten into it. Number he loves a
1: good debate. Brett Butler, too. Uh, yeah. They love a good Facebook debate.
0: This one was, I posted something and it was about OJ and Johnny Cochran. Oh, yeah. It was a meme because OJ said some crazy stuff recently. Yeah. Um, and then it was basically saying, we, like, when everybody was celebrating him. Um, getting found not guilty originally, yeah. I was like, we were celebrating more the achievement of Johnny Cochran beating the legal system at its own game, yeah, and a black like man winning in that type of situation for the first time. Um, and then it went yep. to this whole rabbit hole where people were like, um, Johnny Cochran, like he's a terrible person and all this stuff. Wow. And my thing was like, why? You know, he did his job as a lawyer and a, he's a black lawyer um so it's almost like for black people and everything that we do even when you do your job you're we're held sometimes to a higher standard as far as like they're like oh no well OJ was bad so he's bad cuz he defended yeah. him and
1: that's that that to me is like one that was like the olympic gold medal of legal winning for for black people at yeah. that time cuz it was more it was like you know it was like it was like i know it sounds weird but it was like the integration of schools for some people and and um but a very a rougher version of it like yeah. it, it cuz it it sort of warmed the heart of so many people who were black who were illegally uh captured yeah. and held up and it's just or like lunched. or lynched or lynched. yeah so it it was like yeah, the dude for the for the most part he might have did it, but at the time I don't know whether he did it or not. But no, uh, we didn't care about that. It was just like Johnny Cochran was was doing his thing, and if if anybody had, I'm trying I'm I'm trying to do more with my career, mm-hmm. so I've been trying to say less politically absurd things. Right, um, but I just have a I have a I do have a a problem with the the way I saw a I saw a black dude the other day with a cell phone in his hand and I thought he had a gun. That's how brainwashed I am
0: we all are. Like that's the thing I think a lot of people don't understand when we get talking about race is it's like, oh well it was a black officer or a Latino officer this time that shot the black or Latino person yeah. and it's like they're like the black and Latino officer is indoctrinated with the same prejudices that the white police officer is. Yeah. It's like the whole legal system is slanted a certain way.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I recommend anybody out there, I, I recommend uh, Soul Dad Brother. Uh, it's the prison letters of George Jackson. Yeah. Uh, you should read that out there if you're interested in, like, uh, politics and seeing uh, the perspective of the world through the eyes of, uh, I want to say he was freer than most people. I know we, we, we consider him a prisoner through these books, but he like when I read these letters, his knowledge of the world and how it is formed and how the prison system has been this direct like bizarro world of of the real world, if we want to call this the real world. Um, and that's that's just, his observations are wild. And he, and he talked about how the Nazi-like white dudes would take someone who's not into being racist and either set him up to get jumped by the black people so that the only way that he has... Uh, a sanction is with them or they would beat him up until he joined it. So it was like this idea, and, I, and I'm, I'm just, I see that. It's so much on a stake for people, like white people included. They They put a lot on stake for each other. And it's like, if you're not down with this side, you're, all right, you're with the you're with the niggas, you know. Your, your credit's going to be bad and all, and which is all like false. Like what I, I realized some motherfucker came over here, people were all living off the land. Somebody came yeah. over here and said, "You're doing it wrong. Let me kill five of your people. Here's a legal tender that says I own this land now." And and now we have to we have sanctions and borders and stuff. So I'm I don't know, I'm frustrated. I'm I'm, I'm frustrated, but at the same time I have to strive for my own career and I have to strive for my own things. That's going to feed my family. And I feel like for a while I was, I was more on, the, I aired on the side of being right about life and being right about what I feel right about. And now it's more like, okay, how can I turn what is to a better reality? Yeah. You know, cause being, being right a lot of times just leaves people dead. That's what I've learned. Like being right, gets you killed and i don't know i I don't know how revolutionary i am am i willing to like die for my ideals at this moment not like die in general over time but at this right moment how revolutionary are we how many people are out there willing to pick up the gun and kill the officer that killed their their family member it's not many people it's not that many revolution that that many revolutionaries that that's a different type of like like everyone's always like oh uh say the victim's name and I'm like no one's like chanting like hey this is the officer's name this is where he lives blah blah, blah. and putting him on blast and making him ostracizing him and and I don't even know if that's the that's the solution because then we become the same sort of terror that's terrorizing us so yeah. how do you What do you do? Yeah, how do you destroy the system and then still keep a new idea of sanity intact, which is hard. So at this point, I'm like, I got a kid to feed. I have to be more understanding of the world and not try to change the world from my understanding, but just understand when, when shit is not right, I can just know. And not ha- it's like an argument with your girlfriend sometimes or your wife. It's like sometimes you'll be right, but it's just better to shut the fuck up <laughs> and just be like, all right, all right, I won't I won't I won't be wrong, but I don't need to be right. You know, so I don't need to go and chastise you about your wrong. So I'm not really a Black Lives Matter movement person. I'm not really like a this was before though. This is before when I had this utopian, anarchistic idea about the world that we could live in. Um, I don't feel that the oppressor is going to listen to the oppressed through means of...
0: It's interesting, yeah, um, yeah. Like because I feel like in the civil rights era, um, like Martin Luther King, especially in that wing was really good at using media yeah, to show, like, the brutality of the yeah. reality that black people were living with and yeah. show it to white people all over the country. And some of them seeing it, being forced to see the images, like Emmett Till, um, the marches that got, you know, the Selma marches. Um, but that forced that- people to, like, look, and it was a different time, but now we have the reach of social media, but now with social media, we also have the ability to have our own news. Yeah. Not like our own narrative. Like, so it's harder.
1: I I think for that, that time, it's like, I guess that's traumatic. Mm -hmm. And then we somehow have got caught because that's really, it's fucking 40 years ago, to be honest with you. Yeah. And if we think about ourselves as a society and a collective, we've only grown this much in 40 years. If you as one person took two steps in 40 years, yeah, you would be like, what the fuck am I going through? So that's why I'm sort of disconcerted with the idea of like, some of the advances of the past because I'm like it seems like really advanced. Yeah. It seems like society didn't learn. Mm-hmm. It seems like I have to keep hashtagging names of black victims and people being shot in the back and now it's being broadcast over over everywhere and our narrative is becoming we're writing the narrative of uh grey people and dead black dudes. You know, what I mean? I, how many times have I seen a movie recently where there's, if the cast ain't all black, there's not really a black male representative. They'll do an Asian male now and a black woman. And,
0: uh, and usually they're kind of the, archetypes or stereotypes. Yeah, like,
1: and yeah. yeah, which is, and like, again, that's cool, but because that's one that's only one aspect of film and media and stuff, but that the the problem is that that's the mainstream that's the like so it's like you got all of these this plethora of of different kind of streams that are flowing through that are that are some are shiny some are murky some are but they're just so different, but the mainstream is just this one that can that can literally just it could just go it, all it can do is be the stream i feel like and and that in some ways is problematic because we you're trying to like some artists are trying to swim back mm-hmm. to the source of the stream and you're never, you're not going to get there you either like you literally at this point got to create a new yeah. stream or go with the stream the way it is uh that's what i've really noticed like i i got frustrated i'm like is it because I'm 6'3 and black that I keep on going in for these roles of, like, drug dealer and stuff like that? I'm not the roughest-looking guy, to be honest with you. But and when I go, if I went in for other roles, I could change my voice up just like anything. It's acting. You know? Yeah. I, I can give you a different voice. I can give you a different body type, different language. Um, I went to school for acting. I studied it. Uh so so,
0: where did you, um, where yeah. did you grow up? And then like Harlem, Harlem. Okay. I grew
1: up in Harlem. I went to St. Lawrence university. I went to Frederick Douglass Academy. First off, it was a college prep college bound school. I, I let, I actually was going to go to uh boys choir of Harlem. And at the time my pops wasn't really interested in me doing music. Uh, he'll deny that now, okay. <laughs> but, but, um, uh, when I got to high school, it was a college, like, you know, college preparatory, trying to push you to college. Uh, which that in itself is some fuckery because they, they pushing you to college, but they're not teaching you what college is going to do. They're not teaching you that you're going to get a loan from college a, at an interest rate that you cannot afford to pay once you come out of college because you have to pay bills yeah. as well as live. So you're going to be owing these people yep. for fucking years Ever. and years to come, Yeah, which is something that my high school, if you're pushing me towards something – That should be one of the main things you should be telling me like, okay, this is how the money breaks down. But they're not empowering uh, the youth like that, which is to me is. I get it because I read George Jackson and his letters and he says like he talks about how. Like the learning from the oppressor is not going to make you free. You you can't you can't be free at a school of black people run by all white people, you can't be free, and uh, the top top people are white, and and my school was started by black people, which was cool. Well, at least it was run when I was there by black people, and then it slowly started to be. I see the, the I guess the real faces behind it, or other people taking over, or as the, excuse me the the. I don't know, sometimes the black mentality can be is I made my success in the hood. Now I leave out to leave these people here and that shows that I'm successful. Uh, I'm now in a different place and I don't have to be amongst the regular people. Um, I don't know what it is about that. And and I'm like, then we leave kids like myself growing up. We have no internships because there's no black people there. So they, they're, they're hiring all their own, which I don't blame them for. But there's no black... Mechanic store, like uh, like technical, like you know technical shit. Yeah. Uh, there's no there's no black salons till later on. Uh, but like real like salon salons, you know they got a couple of hairdressers, you know, uh, but like real oh like you know swanky stuff. There's no there's no uh th- there's no black like Sothebys real estate agent that I can get an intern- internship at. Uh, so I I got an internship at Sunless Bees when I was younger, and I got pink eye in the middle of internship, just for like a couple of days. And I'm like, all right, I got pink eye, and uh, the internship was like a couple of more months, and they they fired me from the internship for having pink. I'm like, you, I got pink eye. You want me to? So it's like, at I'm maybe a black internship would have fired me too, maybe, maybe, but if I'm not. Up to the pinnacle of my blackness, yeah. And uh, there, there's a lot. There's a lot of so I've been trying. That's that I've been also trying to fall into that. Like I, I got to be excellent all the time, and I, it's it's a hard burden to bear. But I got to be excellent, or I just fall back
0: and I'm not there. I it just. Disappear. Reminds me, like I, um, and I'm from Seattle originally, and yeah. I had a diversity scholarship for this theater program, um, this indie theater training program. And in the second year, there was a, it was just a scene study class. Um, But in the second year, it was taught by two, well, one black actor and one, both prominent. I kind of knew them growing up. Yeah. Um, But they were teaching one of the scene study classes. And even though we'd already taken it, like we begged, like the second year students begged to be able to take that class instead of one of the others because... It's invaluable what I could learn from other black actors older than me who've been through it all. Yeah, um, and
1: I didn't know who August Wilson was, the playwright, till after I left school. Yeah, I went through a whole four years of learning theater, and they never came across August Wilson, and he's all over fucking Broadway. Yeah, so it's like you're literally like, and I guess as a student, you feel you feel like you got a thirst for knowledge so that's why you're in school but I guess on top of school you got to do your own research which which eventually you get around to as a when you start to get into your mind like oh these people are fucking tricking me there's Mm -hmm. mad information out there that they're just not giving me and it's it's very Eurocentric which is not it's
0: not like it's good to it's you have to know that stuff but you gotta know Yeah,
1: it's it's not bad. It's just problematic for me. Yeah, you know, it's just problematic because at no point in my curriculum was it like, all right, even if it was like, we're just gonna go through the African Americans this this time, and we're just gonna run through African American actors, playwrights, movies, and just gonna do a whole real quick on it. You know, I had to go into the African American studies program to learn about anything black. Or African-American or colored or whatever you want to call it. And then you start to find out like all this other stuff that black people have done throughout that, that, that affects culture. That affects true culture. Like high-end, low-end culture. Not just like street culture, but like what people go to see and pay hundreds of dollars for. Jay-Z is culture. Uh you spend a hundred something dollars. He has T shirts, he has clothing, he has a way of life to live like Jay-Z, a, a style of alcohol that you drink. That's culture. Uh but my whole culture is missing from my education until I go outside of what so it's what I've learned from 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 working and I'm I'm re- I'm saying it in the most respectful way to everybody, like you got to just do for yourself a lot of times, and you trust people, and until they show you different, because I I've trusted people and they show me different, and I'm like, all right, I can't do this, and don't take it personal a lot of the stuff because a lot of the racism and a lot of the hate. They're diseased. It's a disease. I don't I don't wake up feeling negatively about white people. I don't wake up feeling negatively about Asians. I don't like that's like that's literally a haunting disease when you wake up and you want to see people suffer for what they quote unquote have done. You plan systemic institutionalize fear-based tactics within your curriculum and your culture to keep another person in a place mentally, not even physically. Because a lot of times physically, we could overthrow. It's 10 slaves and one guy with a whip. But mentally, they've taken people who don't know the land and you, you strip someone away, you you do that, and it's like... do. Is that what I have to do to get power back in this country? Do I have to start stealing white people and making them work for me? <laughs> like, like is that is that what that's what it's gonna come to? I'm not that person. I don't want that to be my, I don't want that to be my feng shui. I don't want that to be my energy. I want people to come to me out of love and work for me out of love. Even if they're getting paid, it's got to be out of like a, a a good a good vibe. And if you don't feel good vibes about working for me or working with me, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah, but. It's a disease, and a lot of times I feel like I've been feeling like, yo, this is just an incurable disease, and it's just gonna it's gonna come to death, it's gonna come to death and it's and unfortunately, not for me it's coming that's what a disease kills somebody, it kills them eventually, and it kills them hard, it kills them like it rots them away on the inside so
0: yeah. I feel like I'm starting to see certain aspects of our institutions here starting to, I mean, I think it's been happening the whole time, but things are starting to like cannibalize themselves. And I'm not sure what that is (laughs) going to mean for everybody, for like the people, but I do think the, yeah, the dog eat dog thing, it's not a sustainable model. Yeah. Like it's self destructive. Um and I feel like certain things are self destructing right now. Yeah. Certain systems and institutions. Um I don't know where that leaves us, but <laughs> yeah. you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I'm just I my concern right now in my life is just like trying to figure out how to decrease my carbon footprint without Losing all the fun and the humanity of life. Yeah. Uh, maybe throw out ideas to people who might be smarter than me to create things that will increase the quality of life of the earth. Uh, I don't see why, like, Metro cards are not made of, like, reusable plastic. Why? Why can't I just, why can't it be like a machine and it takes my water bottle and flattens my water bottle into a metro card yeah and i just put my water bottle in there put my money in there flattens it to a metro card and i fucking swipe it and i've recycled that metro card into another you know what i mean i've recycled that bottle into a metro card um
0: and there are places there are countries in the world where they are really ahead on sustainability yeah recycling and there's places like we can do it yeah. Also, like, solar technology. Um, I think
1: uh, Leonardo DiCaprio owns, like, an island that's all, like, run off of, like, its own, like, ecosystem, basically. That's the dream. Like, yeah. to me, that's, like, the dream. Yeah, but you got to fucking be in movies from yeah. a kid yeah. and blockbusters and successful. Like, you know, that's that's such— Right. I guess, I guess that's that's just what it is.
0: But yeah. I'm glad to see somebody yeah. who had all that success and all of that do that with it. Yeah, you know, of do, course. If You're, you know, st- yeah, I'm, <laughs> ha- I'm happy to see what he's doing also, like with the documentaries and yeah, um, the environmental work because that's like that's one of the most pressing issues that's gonna we won't make it if we don't <laughs> take care of that one, yeah. Um, so, uh, you're flying out tomorrow, um, Wednesday. Wednesday. Um, I guess it's
1: 12 o'clock now. I don't know what time it is. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, flying out Wednesday, going to Cali. Going back to Cali, how I do? I do, uh, I do comedy in Cali a lot. Uh, so I'm going to go do a show at uh, the Comedy Store. The nice. belly, The Belly Room for Crack 'em Up Thursdays. Nice. I got an audition for uh, this uh, true TV show called Laugh Tracks where uh, basically you do a three-minute set, and then they reenact your set in like a, a TV show style type of. Uh,
0: reenactment the, thing. Yeah, yeah,
1: reenactment thing. So it's supposed to be a funny reenactment. So I got that audition, and then I'm just going to chill on the beach for a week, read these plays that I have. got some uh, Leslie Lee, some August Wilson. Uh, I think I got some Shakespeare trying to. But I don't
0: know Leslie Lee. Is Leslie
1: Lee. He's uh he's a he's a he's a black he made a, a play called The First Breeze of Summer, and he made a play called Colored People's Time.
0: Um, is he modern or is he older?
1: He's pretty modern. He's okay. he's passed away though. Yeah,
0: like maybe about Five years
1: ago, four or five years ago, I was in the. I used to be in the Negro ensemble company, so that's a, with a lot of actors like Denzel Washington, Sam Jackson, yeah. Lawrence Fishburne. A lot of those cats came through that uh, that funnel of like theater. And so I stopped doing theater at, for a while, though, just because I just been on my uh, residual income stuff, and then plus I just think I just like movies. I just like television. I like the allure of it. I like the patience of it um but you know i've been seeing a girl so maybe she's been she's been inspiring me to get back into some theater and stuff uh so hopefully that that that'll be happening soon but i just i audition a lot and sometimes you you get it and, but the more you audition at the beginning of your career or at the when you, when you're trying to gain esteem it's a numbers game so yeah. it's just it's definitely like girls or or whatever people like, you know, baseball or basketball. It's like you know, you're just trying to get the highest percentage, and the more shots you put up, the, you know, that yeah, it's better, just yeah. yeah, it's just natural. After a while, you gotta make more buckets because you can shot more shots. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Hopefully, the, the the you know the game is on the line, and you shoot the shot, and you make it. It's a it's a game winner. That's really what we're looking for a game winner. Sometimes they're buzzer beaters. And sometimes it's just at the right time and we know the game is over so the other team don't have to even play no more so yeah yeah that's the focus and i've been doing a lot of live stuff with the music uh like doing less shows i used to do a show all the time chris would have me performing all the time it, i performed with new fame a lot uh i performed to a, uh just like a lot of around the town
0: scenes you know gold sounds pianos uh, i haven't played gold sounds yet and it's like around the corner from my house you yeah. like it though
1: I like, when you get the right engineer there or mm-hmm. sound man, because I played there three times and twice I've had a good sound engineer and it sounded really crispy in there. But one time I just had a dude who's just like, you know, he just wasn't interested and uh, the speakers were allowed. But like, you know, I'm, that's why I, I always try to be nice to the sound man. Yeah, you got it. Like, I just want that crispy, crispy sound. And just be a little invest. You don't have to be. You can still text your girl or wh- whoever you're texting or whatever. Or check your Facebook post. but you got to be a little invested in making my shit sound crispy, crispy. Because that's the best way I- I'm gonna come across. Because I'm not. For me, I'm not singing like a fucking Smokey Robinson. You know, I I got some grit to my voice, and I got some like sometimes I don't, I don't got that like smooth american westernized key of music singing it's more like you know we just in the vibe and we might slide through the key the voice might go crazy for a note and come back and you you just got to be invested in the story you got to yeah. be invested in the mode and the ve- feeling and the vibe and some songs it's just pitch perfect and you're like oh shit this motherfucker is you know but i need that sound sound engineer to be on that sound to be all right as long as I, it cares a little bit. So if you catch Gold Sounds with an engineer that, that's really like with it, sound real dope. but I, I've also haven't had a fucking packed show at Gold Sounds either, though. Uh, I've had a packed show at basically a lot of these venues, but Gold Sounds, uh, even when we had like a lot of people on the bill, no. And we had like a smaller amount of people on like someone's like birthday or something like that still know. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, uh, I don't know. People, I I haven't packed out Gold Sounds yet, but maybe, maybe in the future.
0: Yeah. yeah. Are you working on uh, new music now or always? Yeah, know?
1: yeah. I I'm, Right now I'm releasing a live, pro- a li- not a live project. I'm releasing a, a song every month. So every month I have one song that's coming out. And uh, I released three so far because it's three months. The next one is on April twenty sixth. I'm released. I had to push the date back because I was traveling to Cali, and also I just wanted to, I wanted to give myself some time because I've been drawn between doing like an acoustic song, or doing uh, like this really vibey sort of like. I know I want to, I want to like get away from rap for a second and just do something. But I got the next two songs that I wanna release after that already recorded. So I just gotta find out what the, how this one is gonna go. And then after that, I got the next two songs uh, ready to go. I'm just gonna keep on releasing singles till I go out to Asia in September for Quest Fest. Uh, that should be cool. Uh, I, do, I usually do like a month of touring in Asia. Uh, people seem to receive the work out there. Uh, what part of Asia usually? Southeast Asia, Cambodia, Vietnam, Thailand. Uh, very different for me as an African American male because a lot of my ninjas don't have passports, so yeah. it's not like I can I can even see them, it, even if I if I if even if I wanted to see them, and I'm like, yo, come over here with me, you know, and they wanted to go, you know, because a lot of cats is like Southeast Asia, what the fuck you, on to Cambodia for say, <laughs> you yeah. know. But uh, I'm like, yo, it's nice, man. It's nice over there. The girls love you. <laughs> <laughs> they come to your shows, too. They, come, they just come. Yeah. And, it, and uh, On an under, underground indie scene, like, you don't have to be mainstream for the motherfucker to respect you. It's just like, yo, you coming to do the show? All right, here's your money. And There's no problems. You're going to guess. You're going to question people. You're going to fucking do all of that shit. Somebody is problematic. The whole culture is going to know. P- Everyone's going to be like, this guy stiffs people. Don't yeah. go to him. That's how they are, and so it's like it's it's just it's just like when I'm here in the indie scene, it's sort of weird. It's like I gotta fucking ask a promoter twice for my money, and oh, yo, give me a moment. blah, blah, blah. It's yeah. like I don't. I I gotta go to like it frustrates me because I'm going to pianos and which is nice, but I gotta pay my band and then I I gotta give them a piece of the fucking door. And I'm like, yo, you already taking the bar, you yeah. know then I gotta sell my merch to make sure so it's a whole bunch of other shit just to make sure you get your leg out here so but I, I I've been accepting that challenge a little bit more lately and just realizing that that's what it is yeah and it's it's either you gotta raise the price of shit I remember I raised the price of all my hats and t-shirts recently and a lady went off on me in Facebook she was like nobody's gonna pay that price for the blah blah. and I was just like well if nobody's gonna pay that fucking price I'm not selling these shits then because it's it's not worth it after, after that anymore. That's what I'm really realizing. To make so little money off of something, just to make it accessible to your your friends and families, you might want to do that. But for me, it's not worth it anymore. I have an 11-year-old kid. I've been doing this for a couple of years now. Uh, so it becomes unworth it. It's just like you know what you want after a while in, in life. You just grow up or you grow down or whatever the fuck it is. You grow out. Uh you just realize what you want so it's like you go after that so I don't I don't want all the bullshit I want my I want my music live I want it sound tight I want the band to be tight and with me and listening to me and I want my fucking money I don't want to have to I don't if we don't have a contract I don't want to fucking have to complain that we don't have a contract and you trying to stiff me because we don't have a contract it's like give me my money So, I don't have to fucking punch you in the head, or I don't have to like be salty all night thinking about how you fucking stiffed me. Or it's like that the idea of like artists and venues and like the push and pull. For a while, I was acting like my own manager, and then I just created my own management company. It's just like, well, then I am actually my own manager. And if people don't want to accept that, fuck them. You know, it's just that's just what it is. I I didn't have a manager, I created my own manager. my own management company and I was like all right this is my manager and I I had my two friends like going on Facebook posting for me and shit like that yeah. as as other people and um uh, and I was calling people up and then I, that that became like just more work than anything uh because it's just like we had to still keep up the facade of a management shit but it got me in a couple of opportunities it was nice you know that's actually cool but then like recently i just been like fucking i don't need to do that i'm just gonna do my own shit on my scale that i can do it on and i'm gonna charge what i charge and luckily i have people in the community who are willing to help out uh, who are willing to show up who's willing to promote who's willing to pray play for a discounted fee or play for free for one show And I, or in exchange for I direct one of their videos or I fucking help them move a couch or two. Like, you know, it's really like it's a community sometimes, and you just got to, once you find your tribe and the people start to navigate around your tribe, the whole world starts to see that, and that's what I've been focused on, just making something that the whole world can watch with pleasure, and if they tune in, whether it's now or 30 years from now, that they'll be entertained, uh, I don't want a timestamp on my stuff, especially with the internet now. Like, I've, I've been doing a lot of these futuristic posts where, or or contemplative posts where I'm thinking about life and the the continuum of life and how it exists beyond the realm in which I know it as. And I don't know if you've seen Black Mirror. You ever heard of Black Mirror? Oh yeah, it's one of yeah, my favorites. Yeah, there's an episode where the, the convict gets shocked. Yeah, and and then he's like in this eternal yeah. place of yeah. pain for. Her. So I'm like. I, that was I was like, oh, shit, but a light bulb went off in my head. I'm like, oh, shit, that's actually sort of real. And I exist in this election. Like, if I go back to one of my posts, I actually exist there. I'm existing in another timeline, in another plane, and somebody else is going to see that in another totally different time period. I may not physically be here on this earth anymore, and they're going to watch that for the first time, and it will be new again.
0: And people... Like the technology that you are talking about, like people really think like within the next twenty years, like there's a push for actually being able to download your consciousness, yeah, and I guess probably the thing with it is it would probably be like some type of copy, yeah, so you'd still go on, yeah, um so
1: <laughs> so it's gonna manufacture as yourself continuing on yeah,
0: fun. it's crazy
1: now let me die, man yeah <laughs> i'm good I'm good with it, I know it's scary. Uh, But Fuck that it, it makes it more rare Yeah If it just continues on forever People are gonna fucking They're gonna fucking Take advantage of you forever Yeah And you're like Well you got another Fucking 500 years But at some point You just become rare And people are like Yo I gotta treat this motherfucker Like the precious piece of porcelain he is Yeah And I'm gonna make sure that He gets what he needs to To make the world better
0: yeah you uh speaking of that um i like to ask uh, do you have any Sweetie action <laughs> do you have any uh just right now in this moment any message for the youth of now or the youth of the future um
1: yeah youth of the future fuck you <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm fucking jealous because you're young and you're the youth and you got the whole fucking future ahead of you and i think you should quit I think you should stop right now while you're ahead, you know? Don't fucking do it anymore. And the person that continues is the person that's gonna change the world, you know? That's just like, that's how it goes. Everybody's gonna face adversity. And it's only, I know you see that meme somewhere, one guy is digging the, for the diamonds on the bottom and he's like, fuck, I'm turning around. And mm-hmm. then the other guy is still going and he's like a little closer. He still hasn't hit the diamonds yet. And that's what I love about that meme. That he's still not at the diamonds. He's still digging. But you just see he's just a little closer than the yeah. other guy, you know? He's just about a foot closer and still there's like a fucking wall between him and these diamonds. So you know, it's, uh I remember I, I just wish I had more knowledge when I was younger. I wish I, I read a lot. I was like a book smart guy. Uh but like I read things that were about creativity and and love and light and shit like that, And bettering yourself and your spirit. And I just wish I had more knowledge about money. Yeah. More knowledge about how the way to interact with people in a business sense. Uh, these are things that that they're not. Sort of bestowing upon people, so that to give them that advantage. That's the edge. That's really the edge. Knowing what the fuck you're talking about, being in the room, having the information, so you can be book smart like a motherfucker. And that's why they talk about that. I feel like that big fish in a little pond, and then you go into an ocean, and there's sharks out there. So it's like the only difference is that you don't you don't speak the language, and you're not familiar. So you're in this big place now with sharks. And not every fish is fucking eaten. Not every fish is eaten by sharks, you know. Yeah, you got dolphins out there too. They outsmarting sharks and shit like that. So, it's it's a way to survive in the ocean. But you just gotta have that information. And I hope to do that with some of my music. I've been like reading money books and stuff to to put it in my music. I got a song I just released in my last uh, my last song is called Healthier. And it's literally about healthier living. I'm still, I still got some braggadocio bars in it. I'm still a black. I haven't lost like my credit as a, as a artist and as a person who's lived through life. So even though I'm switching up like sort of the vibe and some of the message, the way I'm delivering the message is still like, still cool. It's still chilled out. You can still vibe to it. You don't feel like you're being preached to. But I, I felt like my mother passed away last year, and I just like, I got to...
0: Condolences. Oh, thank you so yeah. much.
1: You know, it's, you know I got to... I got to do something. I got to do something about this. She she passed away, a woman, without a lot of money. I wouldn't say she was poor, because she had a lot of family and a lot of people who loved her who showed up to the funeral. But she passed away with a, not, without a lot of money. And... Uh, money doesn't make you happy but it makes you fucking rich and it gives you access to shit that when she passes away our family doesn't have to figure out yo who gonna pay for this funeral all right you give me 300 you give me 500 shit i got fun. i don't even got it but it's my mom's here's 600 dollars. yeah i'll go borrow something from somebody here's fucking five hundred dollars you know uh so, I I want to make sure that there's less people out there, not just Black people, but a lot large part of my concern is like Black Amer uh, Black American males, because you know people put a lot of money, in, and you know it's a, I guess it's about time, but people put a lot of money in African schools and uh, things of that nature. But it's like, yo, who's putting money into like? just black Americanness and living, like I want to go out Was the last time you've been somewhere, right? And a busload of black people got out and they was just walking up and down touring somewhere. Was the last time you seen that?
0: I can't remember. I, yeah.
1: can, I cannot fucking tell you, yo. And unless it's in some like like Detroit or somewhere like that and it's one and they're all probably overweight. Not no joking, they're overweight women, they're overweight black women somewhere. Like you know what I mean? That yeah. is I have I have yet to see a fucking bus full of black men pull up anywhere. Anywhere that not even last, at a march. The, the
0: last <laughs> time I saw that was on a movie. Yeah in a movie. On the bus. Yeah, oh,
1: on a movie man. at the Million Man March, yeah. motherfuckers drove separately to yeah. get there, you know? Even then. So it's like the the vision of black people have become so crazy that we can't even travel in groups together without seeming like a militia. But but that's because people know. They know that they've done so wrong and they're scared of what they deserve. And what's the irony is that black people don't want to do that. Black black people just want like their freedom. They they just want their freedom to make their shit and like that fair shake at it. I don't I don't need you when I walk up to the interview like, "Yo, your dreadlocks is somehow going to fuck up my business." Like, yeah. Like my dreadlocks don't make me any less smarter or or dumber than your other people. And I should be able to be who I am to to the best of my ability to to provide a service to you as a as an employee. Because I'm a I'm providing a service. You're fucking lucky. You're fucking lucky somebody smart is providing a service for you. But uh I don't know, man. It's just I've said too much, man. I've said too much. <laughs> nice, I, cool. Yeah
0: Um I think that was good That You feel good about that?
1: Yeah, yeah. Everything's Gucci uh it's twelve o'clock, so you know.
0: Um, where can people find? Where's the best place for people to find you at?
1: Oh, find me at cornelius dot com. O h e n e c o r n e l i u s. You just
0: lay down slow. So, oh, com. Word. And I'll put that in the show notes and everything. Yeah. Uh, do you have any... Welcome to leave us with any final words.
1: Yeah. Final words. Anytime you see my name, buy it. Click on it. Download it. Share it. Love it. Buy it again. Tell your friends. Buy it. I'm building money right now for my next two children. So I need your money. I want your money. I want to build a nest egg for my next two kids. So. Give up all your money. If I can get 3,000 people to give me $100. For the year. I would be very appreciative. <laughs> yeah, even even no, but seriously, even 300 people a $100. My goal is to like each person to support me with a $100 like subscription fee basically and you get you get my art for a year. For a year I'll fucking send you tweets and instagrams only individually for $100, you know, so I think that's i think that's reasonable like you know if i get a couple of people to just support that hundred dollar wave and just say yo i believe in what you're doing i don't have to buy these sneakers this one time i skip this month's worth of weed uh your album is worth a sweater when i already got three of them you know I'm, i was gonna buy something from ralph lauren instead i'll buy something from you you know so if there's people out there with with melanin in their skin or in their hearts and they wanna uh they wanna support and just buy it. You see my name, buy it. Especially if it comes from me. If it doesn't come from me, tell tell me. <laughs> but tell me about it. But if it comes right from my page and you see it, buy it, download it, click it, all of that. I appreciate it.
0: So that was my conversation with Ohenny Cornelius. You can check him out at OhennyCornelius.com. As he said over and over again, that episode was brought to you by Six Point Brewing Company. They are not an official sponsor, but they have actually sponsored a lot of events for me and Laura, owner of the Rack Shack. Um, So shout out to Six Point. And in a way, they did sponsor that episode. Six Point has been super supportive of many events that I've been involved in. You can find the links to O'Henny's website in the show notes, as you can with all the others on BushwickVarietyShow.com. I'll be back here every Monday and Thursday. And if you want to be a sponsor or get involved in any sort of way, hit me up on the social medias, on the website, via email, whatever you want to do. Uh, but thank you again for listening. I'm having a great time doing this. I have some announcements coming up soon, Um, but for right now, I just want to wish you a great week and wish that you do your thing, whatever that is, and explore things, do things, create things, be great, and keep listening and collaborating with people. Have a great week. Peace.